and I would just do that for every single seal, like and retweet every post, not a single notification would be missed, right? Just to make sure that seals were always at the top of the Twitter algo, seals were always doing well. Every post had to have at least 100, 200 likes on it. Wow. And that was like our mindset. We would just make sure that seals were always thriving. Every single person felt like they were getting something meaningful from it. Um, and they could grow within the ecosystem, which is really, really important. Like, why would you contribute to something if you're not gonna gain anything back? Hi folks, and welcome to Behind the Mint, the podcast brought to you by fair.xyz. Today, for our first episode, we are joined with our guest, Wob, from the Sappy Seals Collection. So without further ado, let's get into it. Wab, Wab. okay, Wab. okay, Wab. here we go. No, Wab, Wab. First <laughs> podcast, kicking it off with the number one, Wab. Welcome, having you here. The number Co one Wab. The number one Wab. <laughs> number one, one and also the number one Wab. So it's sort of double trouble there. So uh, super nice to have you on the podcast today. I mean, obviously co-founder, well, co-founder or founder of Sappy Seals. You're one of the most amazing cult followings I think on the internet <laughs> at the moment for getting Justin Webb free. Um, so yeah, super excited to have you on. And I think today, you know, we really want to dive straight into the weaves and like really understand about your upbringing, like you know, your background in general, like how you got into Web3 mm -hmm. and really understand the key ingredients for all the creators out there about what made you so successful. 100%. Yeah, it's great being on here. I appreciate you guys as well. Um, Welcome. Met you guys a few times before. <laughs> this wasn't the first time I've interacted, but yeah, it's, it's, it's great to be here. And yeah, we appreciate it. Obviously, you come fresh off a grilling from Miso Soup Green as well. <laughs> so, sort of double trouble. Yeah, no, she got a bit of a grilling herself. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> I'll have to see the video. So, um, but yeah, super yeah. exciting. Awesome. Yeah, I think to kick it off, a lot of people, obviously, they see Wob or Wab behind the screen <laughs> on Twitter. They kind of see someone that tweets a lot or, yeah. you know, someone that's very involved in the Web3 space. I think a lot of the times we kind of don't see the person that's actually behind behind the ca behind the camera, behind the, the screen, behind the tweet. So who is Wab? Like, can you give who us a bit of background on yourself? <laughs> like, you know, what, what led you to being here? Take it from the top. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Uh, before Web3, I was just a lowly programmer, a student. <laughs> I started off, I think, you know, when, when I was growing up, I was from quite a poor family. So I wasn't really, I didn't really have the opportunity that I have now. Um, so it was a long grind to get to where I am now um, with the community, with all the connections, all the people being on this podcast right now. Yeah, it, it come a long way. I, you know, obviously went to school like everyone else went to it. <laughs> went to went to a school that was quite, it was quite good, um, but it was very like, there was like a weird class divide within it. Uh, right. uh, so yeah, uh, so there, there was that. Uh, obviously, I went to university for computer science as well. Um, you know, I, I worked odd jobs here and there in a Chinese takeaway. Uh, you know, delivery driving, that stuff, couple of internships, like this, this, the same old, like, you know, everyone has, I think. And then I got into crypto from one of my friends. What year was this? Don't ask the me that. The big question. <laughs> 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 December 2021, no, 2020? Yeah. December 2020. Yeah. Okay. And what um, made you so excited about computer science in the first place? Was it was like what you were most skilled at, or you were like interested in the tech <laughs> side? <laughs> I was a I was a fucking nerd. I was, oh, really? a, I was a big nerd. Yeah, I grew up like uh, always being intrigued by games, Game, mm. games, games, games. Uh, so on the GameCube, playing Smash Bros by myself nice. against the level nine CPU, <laughs> as you guys know. Yeah, and I would just sit there all day, and that I play on that, play on my PlayStation, and I would just be glued to the screen. And I always really wanted to make games. Um, so that was like the first driving thing towards like programming. So when I was like 12, 13, I started trying to program, didn't really get far, a lot of confusing stuff. And with gaming, like if you're trying to jump straight into making a game, you're going to fall flat on your face. Sure. 
um, and it took time to get there. I then obviously programmed more, studied it a bit, and yeah, I I think logic systems are very you know it's 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 low effort with like the amount you have to output, but um, a lot of effort mentally. But I'm just someone who's quite lazy as a person, I think. Yeah. Um. So you know, being able to just sit with your thoughts and be like, okay, that's how you do it, and then type up the solution really easily. I think is something that I enjoyed a lot because of the laziness. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, writing essays wasn't for me um yeah yeah that's that's something that a lot of coders i hear from a lot of coders like they're, <laughs> they're lazy so they code to automate or they code to simplify yeah. and there's a lot of beauty around like the idea of logic and code like it's mm -hmm. pretty binary right either you meet certain mm -hmm. conditions for something to go through or it yeah. doesn't really work it's a good it's a good way of like thinking mm -hmm. right and structuring your brain on like how to solve problems um i think it applies a lot more than just within code just like general problem solving um sure. i think that's like a very valuable and flexible skill. Um, so that's why I went into it. You know, I always thought that you could apply it wherever you wanted to. They call, what do they call it? Like computational thinking or yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah. abstraction, exactly. and decomposition, you know, all the fucking buzzwords. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Before crypto, before you sort of dive deep into crypto, did you ever manage to apply like your computer science to gaming or other industries? Or was like crypto the first real use case of the skill set you picked up? Yeah, um, so I did yeah, I did do some work with like trading and stuff, like yeah. algorithmic trading and nice. that, that sort of stuff. It was mildly successful. Um, as, as successful <laughs> as like an 18-year-old who's having their first crack yeah. at it can be. Um, with gaming, I did try to code a couple games. I coded like a multiplayer game when I was like 16 or something. It was pretty good. Uh, no, it wasn't. I'm lying to you. But the, the art was like my brain couldn't figure out how to make things look good. Mm -hmm. And I refused to use sprite packages because it felt like I was cheating. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, to some degree, yeah. But I think really going into planning systems, planning, you know, your ideas and applying that sort of stuff uh, to Sappy Seals, Pixelverse, everything. Um, that was where it mostly came in. So you're still at university at this point? No, you, no. You finished. You know, I, I, so I was I was uh, doing a masters, but I dropped out of that. Oh um, wow! Drop still, out. Right. Still <laughs> drop out of masters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the yeah, college yeah. dropout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the for the narrative, yeah, yeah. it's good. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> no, I got I got the bachelor's. Um, but yeah, like I realized kind of at the start of the year that it's not going to be possible to do both, and I'm a bit of a workaholic as well. Mm -hmm. So I would. Well, I'm a, I'm, I'm a lazy workaholic. So if, I, if, I, if, I, if I'm passionate, yeah, if, if I'm passionate about something, then I will drive and really try and put in my, all my all. But that's only if I'm really interested in it. And I think university, I think you go into it thinking that, you know, you're going to learn so much, but it's more about the connections. I think you, you do learn a bunch, but it's more about the people and the experience, I think. And I already got that. I cleared that in, in the first three years uh, a bit because of COVID. COVID did fuck me over quite a bit. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> can imagine. And I guess like from a coding perspective, at least what I found, so we, we actually did our masters in computer science together. Interesting. And what I found personally, at least, is that, of course, you learn a lot of stuff at university mm -hmm. and it's all very useful, but nothing really comes near actually working on a project yourself or mm. with a team and actually working on production code and seeing where things can really go wrong. Like mm -hmm. you learn about all these theories at university but it's only at the point of actually applying them that you realize, wow, like that's actually how you do this. Right? Yeah. Like I, I have never met, you know, kind of like a 
someone who just from a university course actually comes out as a you know full on yeah, course not developer. All. Not or, all, yeah. yeah. Um, I think because the the tools and the software and the the languages change so much, and obviously you need trust to keep it quite abstract. But you do pick up those bits here and there that kind of nicely tie into mm. what you're actually doing. Um, and then you, you also realize that it's not just coding. There's like DevOps, there's like product, you know, you have to really hone in all those things and they're not stuff you really learn. So throwing yourself into the <laughs> deep end is actually the, the, I think the best, the best part of doing things. And that's what I try to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Zappy Seals was like a big showcase of that. It's an ambitious first project. Yeah, you know, people I, usually I, write hello world. <laughs> that, that, that's it, was, it was by chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't entirely planned. Um, and then things obviously spiraled out from there. So was Sappy your first sort of, you know, the first thing you did in the crypto space? Were you sort of more involved on the cryptocurrency trading side first? Or did you get sw- sw- swooped into the NFT world? straight yeah, away and it, if so why it was it was there was cryptocurrency first just like generally trading that um i think it gets quite boring after a while um i mainly just followed wherever the money went right mm-hmm. um and it started to trend towards nfts one of my friends he made a ridiculous he's who got me into crypto right because he got a uniswap airdrop for like 20k and nice. my my like you know 19 or 20 year old brain was fucking like what the yeah like, and he, he was telling me uniswap and i was like what like a university app or whatever and, and no he's like no it's crypto i was like okay please show me more uh so i got into that obviously but he then minted 21 board apes oh my, oh gosh. my gosh yeah he paper handed them though so. oh, right. so, <laughs> uh, yeah 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 oh, I like 0.5 or, or 5e he hates when i mention this in public <laughs> settings, but i'm gonna keep doing it um so yeah and it was just like how how the hell does this doesn't make any sense right and i saw so many collections launching and then like making so much money and then just like failing and i thought okay well if it's this easy then surely i can do it right mm-hmm. and so i just got a bunch of my friends together and we all launched a project we'd had like a very interesting style of marketing but yeah yeah we can definitely talk about <laughs> that. is that is that group of friends still with you and sappy seals or have um, they have they parted ways some of them still work on the team some there was a massive conflict at the start of the, the project we brought in someone else who like was a major there was a major like culture clash. Um, mm, and so a lot of people splintered off. Uh, some have returned since he's, you know, been kicked off the team. So yeah, um, but they're still still involved, still participating and helping promote the project as well. What were some of the learnings which you saw from like, obviously you, you sort of came up on those like Board Ape Yacht Clubs and all of those other sort of successful jobs mm. at the time. And then you were sort of inspired to generate your own sort of connection mm. and movement around it. What were some of the key learnings you got out of those big drops, which you decided to take with you into Sappy yeah. Seals? So I actually missed those, right? And I was quite blind. I was quite new to the space when I launched a collection. I was like, okay, we need to move quickly because this isn't going to last forever, right? This whole like hype. You really have to hit timelines, I think, uh, you know, in these hype phases because the opportunity can just go. So at the moment I saw it, I just sprinted um, with, with the team and... Uh, you know, there were some collections that were quite inspiring. Obviously, Pudgy Penguins was one that went absolutely mental. And obviously, the cuteness factor and how it appeals to everyone <laughs> was like a big deal. Um, so I took inspiration from there. And 24PX, which is quite a unknown collection nowadays. Um, but there was this whole like uh, leaked article about how there's an anon dev and he's trying to like set up this like decentralized organization with this NFT, which is a 24 
by 24 pixel version of Cool Cats. Right. And they created like their own DAO. And I thought that was really interesting because I was new to decentralization and everything. And I thought it was really cool. Like these people coming together, they're also using memes for marketing as well. Um, and I was part of that community and I, I swept a bunch of them like when they were worth nothing and they mooned like 100x or something. Oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> nice. yeah. And so so that was like, that was, was where the light bulb was like, okay, <laughs> I need to like take part in this. And so, yeah, launch Sappy Seals. Definitely, I think 24px was the main inspiration and Pudgy Penguins. But other than that, yeah, I wasn't too involved. I was kind of just like flipping wherever I could and following the money without really paying attention to what was behind me, which was actually a bit of a downfall, I think, because the rush to get out, I made a, lo a load of mistakes that I didn't expect. And obviously, I didn't really understand what the capabilities or potentials or potential could be for something like this, you know, this new technology and how it can be used to make brands. I thought it was just like Pokemon cards where people just trade them and they have their intrinsic value. And uh, obviously we know that's not true. To some extent it is, but they're collectibles, but there has to be something propping up the value and constantly driving to it. And just having a PFP NFT collection is not enough. So yeah, a lot of lessons were learned um, from other collections and obviously just on the job, you know, doing things. Super interesting. And I think, you know, if I think back to last summer when a lot of NFTs, mm. you know, new collections were coming up the whole time, one of the very important things was kind of what's the roadmap, like what's mm. coming next, like what are you building, will there be a token, etc. You obviously had to think about all of this mm -hmm. when you were developing the project. Did you expect it to get to the point of where it is today? No, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> and that's probably my biggest regret, right? It was coming out the gate, I think the roadmap was like, you know, we donate a bit to charity and we were going to do like a second drop, which was just like an airdrop for these things we called Pixels, mm -hmm. which was kind of like a, it, it was inspiration from 24px, right? Because I right. had the Pixel version. I thought it'd be cute. Like people would like them. Obviously, you know, that stuff involves dilution and there's not, it's not really an ambitious roadmap. And I don't think many collections did. It was like, okay, we're going to do merch and mm -hmm. we're going to donate something and that's that. Um, and so, yeah, we didn't really have a roadmap, but from there I, I, I was like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> like, okay, I've been thrown in the deep end. I need to do something. Mm -hmm. And like, what do I like doing? I like playing games. And that's how we kind of transitioned to Pixelverse. You know, I started speaking to a bunch of people within my community. Um, NFTZ boy, somebody minted a one of one. Yes. Amazing guy. It's crazy how like the, the stars align in the space sometimes. And you meet the, sure. like, he's incredibly successful you know hedge fund manager from australia oh um gosh. you know late <laughs> late 30s and he's just sitting in the discord rolled a one of one and now he's talking to me about let's make a game you know wow. <laughs> yeah and it's just like some some dude who was just hanging around you know sweeping and, and <laughs> yeah yeah and, and and that's where we sort of got all of our community all of our team from was just people within the community who were interested in what we were doing um and from there yeah we just kind of we kind of ran with that idea you know we realized that we, we weren't too bullish on the brand side of things. Um, and we were more bullish on like being able to create experiences, products, utilities, stuff like that. And that was really what our mindset was uh, geared on. Obviously, nowadays, we're kind of more pushing towards the branding side of things as well. That's really important. Um, but we're trying to do both in tandem. So, yeah. Sorry, went on a bit of a... Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of surprising for me in a way because obviously you have a very ambitious roadmap, but I think one of the biggest strengths of Sappy Seals is the branding and like the authentic look of a Sappy. Mm -hmm. like you could tell it, even if it's not a seal, if someone created like an art piece in that sort of artistic style, you could tell that it's yeah. sort of got that Sappy Seal feel and all the memes, et cetera. Yeah. 
So, I mean, I want to sort of ask the million dollar question, which is why, <laughs> why seals and, and why are they sappy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, seals, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of random. Um, we just saw cute animals, Arctic animals, obviously were doing quite well. Um, and this might've been by chance, but my profile picture was actually a seal oh for like, oh. for like five or six years on discord. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm guessing, you know, the artist was Fade is one of uh, my friends that I went to university with. Maybe he took that as inspiration. Maybe he saw that and, and used it. I'm not quite sure, but you know, we, we did a bunch of different animals and we were like, okay, no seals. These are definitely the cutest and funniest ones, oh right? Gosh. Yeah. So we, so we, so we ran with that. Um, and sappy seals, you know, we couldn't decide on, uh, what the name should be. So there's actually a legendary screenshot where, you know, we're both, we're, we're both me and Fade are going back and forth saying, you know, should we, should we call it chubby seals? Should we call it stout <laughs> seals? And then I'm just like, sappy seals. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then it was like, okay, no, that's definitely the one. Um, and, and from, yeah. And it, then it just stuck. It was like the decision was made in about five seconds and, you know, we, we went with it. And I think, you know, it really does capture what the community is like. And, and I think Isaac was making a, a great point before about, how strong the seals branding is right like it's yeah. it's really I, I think it's very difficult to be involved in the space for longer than a week mm-hmm. and not come across some form of seal related content and it's yeah. because you've created a for sure real community around yourself that is a massive advocate you know for 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 the community yeah. in itself I, right yeah i think um what we did this probably goes on to the early marketing because we marketed uh, we haven't touched on that yet but the marketing was really abstract with what we did and how yeah. we went about it um, but it did inspire creators, I think. And that's the main thing. You know, every good community, it's not just fixated on one thing. It's like you have to get people to participate and actually try and contribute to the ecosystem to bolster it and make it stronger mm-hmm. uh, and make it better. Um, and so getting people to create memes, like we used to do meme bounties and stuff, right? Where <laughs> we do we're doing at everyone ping in Discord. And I'd just be like, I need this meme. This is the description. First person to create like the best one that's suitable for a Twitter post will get like 0.03 ETH, mm-hmm. which is like 50 to $100, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we just kept doing that over and over. And people got incentivized and were excited about doing that. And we just started using their content and promoting the people who made the memes as well. So once Postman, this is Postman marketing, Premium marketing was a bit different, but Postman marketing, we had this plan where I think for the first two months, we released one meme on the Twitter every hour. Wow all day right so we would yeah we would we would schedule the memes um for about two months straight so you can imagine 24 times 60 right that's like yeah that's a lot um, yeah it's a lot and they all had like quirky captions and stuff and all of those were sourced from the community so people were excited because they were partaking in the brand building right like we put out a meme bounty we'd get a meme and we'd slap it on there and give them like a shout out underneath as well Mm -hmm. and we'd do a little quirky caption and everyone loved that so we were like kind of like the og memers you know we were no yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um uh, and people like that uh we stopped doing the meme bounties obviously but because it it would burn a lot of money we still do it occasionally when we really need something um but it does it decentralizes opportunity i think um quite a bit when you give people uh, you know, their chance to earn within your ecosystem. So people like that. Um, and post that, what we started to do was inspire creators to create content about the brand and we would actually grow and help promote them as well. Mm-hmm. So I grew my own account so that I could grow the people around me. So I would always retweet seals. I would always try and get them to the top of comment sections. I would always like reply to them and make them, you know, relevant. So people see that, you know, oh, well, I was replying to this guy. So maybe he, you know, should pay attention to him and i would just do that for every single seal like and retweet every post not a single notification would be missed right 
just to make sure that seals were always at the top of the Twitter algo. Seals were always doing well. Every post had to have at least 100, 200 likes on it. Wow. And that was like our mindset. We would just make sure that seals were always thriving. Every single person felt like they were getting something meaningful from it. Um, and they could grow within the ecosystem, which is really, really important. Um, like, why would you contribute to something if you're not going to gain anything back? No, it's incredible. It's it's incredible because, like, what you're saying is the way to gr grow your community is by actually growing the individuals mm. inside your community, and they in turn will then, yeah. you know, grow the community in itself. It's it's yeah. like a very positive flywheel. Like, yeah, it's a good amazing. feedback, good yeah, feedback yeah. loop. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, yeah. it, the main reason for that was because when we launched, we dumped to nearly zero and no influencers or founders wanted to support us or they never tweeted about mm -hmm. us. They never wanted to, they thought we were a rug basically. Mm -hmm. um, and so they all rejected us. So I thought, I took it upon myself. I was like, okay, we're gonna build our own ecosystem. We're gonna build our own influencers in quotes, right? Um, and we're gonna promote our own ecosystem, like, like create an audience. Mm -hmm. um, and we had to organically manufacture that ourselves. And wow. so, so and, and, and that, that was just the mindset. It's just like, we're going to do that grassroots ourselves and no one's going to stop us. And I, I remember I used to tell everyone in the Discord, uh, you know, because we'd be dead like day, day in, day out. I tell them all like, you know, if you're if you help us, I'm going to make sure that you become relevant and you become big in the space. And that Crazy. was like we, the quote was like, we're going to turn all of you into influencers. Every seal was an influencer. That <laughs> was like that was like the joke. Um, so, yeah, and we just we just ran with that. And yeah, it, it did well. I think it's amazing as well. I mean, you touched on so many great points there. And I think obviously giving back to the community is super important. But I think there's other two like really key learnings for me, which you said in that. I think first of all is the persistence, you know, like putting out that much of content, seeing what sticks. I mean, 100%. already at Fair XYZ, we're seeing a little bit around this, you know, about mm -hmm. just trying to be experimental and keep hustling and, yep. you know, maintaining level head and like, mm -hmm. you know, an optimistic outcome of what's going to happen. But I think the other thing, which is, which I haven't really heard before is about, really letting your community into the decisions and like the branding of what you're doing mm -hmm. with Sappy Seals, right? Like letting them design and be part of the creative process of mm -hmm. the memes. Yep. I thought it was really unique because it sort of gives them skin in the game as well, mm -hmm. right? It makes them feel that they have control um, in a lot of the decisions and like a lot of the outgoing branding and communications mm -hmm. of the company. I think they're sort of like quite philosophical around what we're seeing in NFTs, which is a lot about ownership mm -hmm. and influence and control. Mm -hmm. So are there other ways you try and get the community involved with the, the future of decisions? Like, how do you think about that? Yeah, um, I think the main thing that people enjoy in the space is transparency, right? It's like being, you know, seeing what's happening live in front of them. You can do that to some extent. You can't be transparent about everything because the market is fueled by hype quite a bit. So you have to keep some things hidden. But for the most part, you know, we put something out, we explain it, we put threads out and we do collect feedback. You know, there's different as the community grows it clusters right and you get different groups and you you kind of you kind of have to like satisfy each one and listen to each person and you you start to recognize that there's leaders of each cluster and you just kind of converse with these people and make sure that everyone's heard and that's kind of how we involve people within the decision process and how we augment things uh, a lot of the time we don't explicitly tell people okay you said this so now we're gonna implement this mm -hmm. we kind of do it behind the scenes a bit but we are always listening to people and people hear that i think and see that um which is why they like participating i like to think anyway mm -hmm. um so yeah um, and in terms of opportunity uh, recently it's been a bit of a not, not a revelation but just understanding you know how other brands like Board Ape Yacht Club have done well right um it's the community really actually building the brand and really building the ip even this week we're at NFT London or last week, sorry, 
there was the arcade apes, there was like Mutant Cartel, and they had their own buildings and, and restaurants and bars. And those were actually what give life to the ecosystem and, and, and to the brand and help build that. And we really want to do that. We obviously have to help build the brand ourselves and give people the the base from which they can build upon. But that is something we want to do, right? Taking a lot of inspiration from the Plague Ponds as well with their whole idea of decentralizing opportunity and giving people some sort of stake where they can use the brand and leverage it to uh, earn for themselves, right? I forgot what they call it. Yeah, DJN on my team, he he says that the the brand or the IP ownership in, in NFTs is very similar to the franchising model with McDonald's. 100%. Yeah, so people get to use that IP and... Uh, create businesses, uh, kickstart themselves mm-hmm. using it. Um, and that comes from just owning the NFT. So, it, you know, it, it gives everyone a chance, which I think is is missing in the world in general, right? The equal opportunity is really not there. Um, and that's something we really want to push for. We'll take some time, obviously. Rome wasn't built in a day. For sure. Yeah. I think you, you talked about decentralized opportunity. And I think that that's actually a very interesting way of putting it. Like one of the things that I like most about NFTs is how permissionless and mm-hmm. kind of, interoperable it is right so you you were mentioning kind of the yuga ecosystem last week during nft london Mm -hmm. and what i find crazy is that yourself as a community member through integration integrations such as token proof or even shopify what they're doing with web3 you can essentially provide bespoke experiences to an exclusive Mm -hmm. ecosystem without the owner of that ecosystem giving you permission to use it right so i could never for example create a gated restaurant experience where I offer mm-hmm. discounts or like food to let's say Ralph Lauren mm-hmm. uh, subscribers because yeah. Ralph Lauren is not going to provide me with that data. Yeah. Meanwhile, with integrations such as token proof, I don't need to go to the Yuga team mm-hmm. to ask them for, you know, yeah. permission to use that. And, so and, I think that's one of the coolest things. Yeah, right? and you, you get the right uh, people. You can, you can target the right groups, mm-hmm. right? If you're looking for someone who's wealthy, who want, likes luxury experiences, right? You just hit Yuga and you, know, mm-hmm. you hit the board apes and they'll come you know, and they'll, they'll give the liquidity to you and you won't need to have too many people entering your store, too many people partaking in the uh, experience because they've got deep pockets, right? And, you know, if you're trying to do something like that, you know, you, you can target different groups, right? For it's, sure. it's great. Yeah, I mean, it's a kind of like a self-nurturing community in a way, yep. right? It's it's self-sustained. And I think that's one of the one of the cool things about decentralized opportunities, mm-hmm. I it. Yeah. Did you anticipate it to become as successful as it's become today? Like, has it been how you envisaged it? You know, if you take yourself back to when you, the inception of the project? Mm-hmm. Um, at the inception, no. But I knew, like, after a week or two in, when I realized the gravity of the situation, um, you know, I thought, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you really, it really does hit you, and you're like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I thought, just, I know how to go about things. It's not the conventional way, but I know I can make it work. And so I did think that, you know, we would we would rise up with the ranks because I think work ethic and, and, and doing something natural that no one else is doing is an edge. People went against that quite a bit. So some individuals that were more business oriented and not used to this style were telling me, stop doing that. You know, that's you're not professional enough. You're not going about it the right way. We need to build this brand properly. We need to be more structured. We need to be more rigid. And... Like I just said, no, you know, I'm going to do it my way, um, carve out you know, my own path and my team would carve out our own path mm-hmm. and get the job done, right? And you know, I think anything good, the, the path isn't already carved out. You have to mm. do that yourself. I think the fact 
which uh, is, is pretty impressive as well, is that you've managed to maintain relevance over this whole period of time. Mm -hmm. I know like it's only been a year, two years, <laughs> but you know, in NFT world, you know, that's yeah. life. That's like literally life cycles. <laughs> you know, like, is that, you know, just a really sort of a, a factor of your like hard work and persistence? Or do you think there's some specific things which you've managed to deploy, which has managed to maintain you to consistently be relevant across these months? Yeah, so I think um, the team obviously is always putting in an extreme amount of work and the community sees that. Sometimes that's not enough in the space though. You know, mm -hmm. there, there are so many teams that are putting in a lot of work, but they run out of funds or they're just too quiet. They don't have to market, right? And I think my job was to just platform my own team and make sure that people see what they're doing and to grow and bring everyone else up with us as well. So yeah, I think personal growth for founders in the space is very, very important. You have to stay relevant yourself. You have to chime into every hot topic. You have to communicate with the people who are running the space and really be in tune to where it's going because it meanders a lot and no one really knows where we are right now and where that's going to go in future. So just constantly being up to date, making sure you're keeping track of who the new people are in the space and who the up and coming people and you know, uh, just, just staying in touch, being around. That's like the number one most important thing right now. That will change with time as we're starting to see, right? That is starting to not be enough. There's companies entering with crazy liquidity and, you know, already big audiences. Um, so that will change with time. But I think for the most part, it's a good formula to follow. Makes a lot of sense. And in general, for like new creators starting today, like mm -hmm. what are your top tips for them? Because <laughs> it's different. It, 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 I think every, 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 you know, every few months, you know, the sort of requirements to yeah. be successful change. And I mean, mm -hmm. what's hot today is not hot yesterday. And, mm -hmm. you know, what wasn't hot today yesterday could be hot today. So mm -hmm. it moves around a lot. And to add to that question, like for new creators, we've seen an evolution of metas almost in the past yeah. few months. Like the three minute meta was a thing, probably still is to some extent, but obviously kind of expect that to die down mm -hmm. now that royalties are such a big debate. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, yeah, like, how, how do you think a new creator now navigates the current the current ecosystem? It's tough. My my honest advice would be don't mess with this shit right now. <laughs> don't don't touch any of this because it you're probably not gonna fare well. I think we're at a stage where we've seen how the model of the 10k PFP has almost failed um, to some extent. Obviously, there's collections that are going to eventually be successful, but right now there's nothing that has necessarily proven it. Board Apes obviously has, but yeah, you, know, you can debate about what they've actually accomplished, even though it's only been a year, right? You can't mm -hmm. expect too much. But yeah, I, th I think the, the dynamic and the space is going to change on how these things start to look. Like Reddit NFTs, for example, that's really changed the game. Doodles is going to try and do the same thing, I believe, with the whole large supply Doodles 2 collection. It's really changing. You can still make it work. Mm -hmm. 10K PFPs are not going anywhere, and I think they will be historic in a certain way. You know, the, the 2021, you know, you're going to get the blockchain archaeologists in a few years. They're going <laughs> to sure. come out and you know, start <laughs> pumping and dumping. So, um, yeah, I, I, but my, my actual advice would be to make sure you take your time come in with a plan and make sure that plan is resistant to any metas that take place, right? Just like any other business, obviously businesses have trends and there's different emerging markets that come around, but you kind of have to just play it like that, have a really strong structure and just know that it's like running a business, but with an extra level of transparency and weight placed on the individuals running the company. 
Um, but with that, there's also give and take, right? So the community will be able to do some bits for you and you can decentralize that to them. But yeah, just be just be conscious that you, you can't just come in and launch a collection. You need to be thinking, okay, I'm going to come in and launch a business. Mm-hmm. Unless you're an artist. Mm-hmm. Artists can get away with it um, because that's, you know, we want to give them opportunity. Um, but yeah, just make sure you come in with a plan. That's, mm-hmm. the, that's the key thing, which I didn't do. Um, so oh, not it, seems, hard way. it seems to be evolving in the right direction uh-huh, from that yeah. perspective yeah. but yeah it's interesting I mean I, I'm really I really resonate with what you're saying about almost think about it like a business yeah. um, unless you're an artist mm-hmm. I think you know from my perspective at least when I look at the space today what mm-hmm. I'm for example buying the most into over the past few months is like communities right so mm-hmm. I will buy a certain NFT because it gives me access to a certain discord because I'm interested in sharing mm-hmm. those kind of experiences with people so i think as you said right like the idea of a 10k method doesn't necessarily work Mm -hmm. so much anymore but rather what does that 10k actually give me access into Mm -hmm. right like what what community takes me into and i think that kind of takes us on to the next question which is how do you community like how do you build a community now it's definitely quiet in the last summer yeah like how do you go about that Mm, okay so there's very limited people in the space right now, which is a problem. And getting them to change their PFPs, which they've committed to, is going to be very, very tough. So I think, first of all, being around, being transparent about what you're doing and that you're going to launch a collection um, and that you are looking for a particular kind of person, you really need to scope out who the kind of individual you want in your community, You know what that will look like. Because um, just scatter shot you know shotgunning is probably not gonna work out for you well the only things that i've seen do well have been things like the plague for example where they've specifically sought out people who are looking for decentralized opportunity right um and are looking to make it but not make it as in like okay i'm gonna ride off of the success of the nft and sell it to someone else you know to the greater fool but actually partake in that ecosystem and is actually stimulated by it so i think being able to carve out and find those people is very, very important. And bring those people into the space as well because there isn't that many people around. And as a new creator, it is somewhat of your responsibility to bring those people into a decentralized vision that you believe in and you think they will also believe in um, because there isn't necessarily enough to go around right now. That will obviously change in the bull market. But yeah, I think... um, Targeting people is the is the most important thing. For sure. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. I think we've seen a lot of the promise, I think, around these communities. Mm. And I think our hypothesis here at FAIR is that, you know, it's the best way to basically you know, interact with your super fans. You know, the fact that you can have a single asset, which is so interoperable across the whole ecosystem mm-hmm. of big tech, you know, that I can have my gated Discord and then have my Shopify and then have gated content, all with a single asset, we think makes it extremely powerful. Mm. So I think, you know, there's going to be a whole new breeze of people which are not actually just building communities from the ground up, but have existing communities, you know, yeah. from the Web2 sphere. Mm-hmm. And they're now really excited about the promise of Web3 yep. and are going to use NFTs as a way to interact with those super fans. Because the mm-hmm. other thing it gives you as well is this sort of floating ticker price, right? That if I get into an emerging creator early and they grow, mm-hmm. I can grow with their success. Like I have some sort of skin in the game to the success of that creator. But I agree, like right now in the NFT space, you know, it's obviously a lot more tight. How do you manage to deal sometimes, you know, with, I think with the NFT community in general, like they can be, you know, they're very honest, you know, at any given time, right? <laughs> very, they'll, very tell you, they'll tell you as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and like sometimes that could be hard for, for the individual. Like, have you managed to be able to keep up with the highs and lows of it? Or like, you know, how do you manage to do that? Yeah, 
I think um, for the most part, I'm generally fine. Uh, I don't see it as people necessarily being malicious. I think people are just upset sometimes by by certain decisions or, you know, they've lost money on something and they sometimes can be emotional and you just have to detach from that and just think, okay, from what they're saying, like what can I extract here that's actually meaningful that I can take away and improve upon and aggregate that across all the people that you're hearing from and obviously weight it depending on who is actually mm -hmm. saying it. Some people are just upset, right? And you can't really change that. But being able to block out noise is important and focus on the key points and, and really isolate those. Uh, and, you know, I rely on my team a lot for that as well because they're really smart people and they really are good at analyzing these situations. Um, NFTZ, Efri, Daiku, Jar, all of them. They're great at that. So, yeah, I think it's just making sure you have your ear to the ground and not feeling too emotional about it. You got, you know, they say, when in doubt, zoom out, right? That's like the classic phrase. I nice. think sometimes as a founder, you do have to zoom out a bit and just know, okay, this is my destination. This is the path. Sometimes you meander, how do we get back on track? Um, mm. And the sentiment that you hear is, you know, sometimes evidence or proof that you are meandering a bit or that you're not explaining the path correctly and knowing when it's whichever case is important um, and just that comes with understanding and aggregating information from people. Have you met a lot of the community in person? So a far? lot, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's, it's really, it's really They incredible. don't look like seals though, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite disappointing. And if they loved it, everyone was like, you don't look how I thought you'd look. And I, thought, I was like, okay, how, how do you think I, was, I would look? And they said, uh, short, fat, and like, yeah. <laughs> yeah I was like, okay. <laughs> Probably all thing then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we come in all shapes and sizes. Um, but no, yeah, I've met, I've met loads of them and they're all amazing people. They're exactly like how you would expect them to be online. Um, you know, they say online friends are real friends, right? Metaverse mm. friends are real friends. Um, and you do feel that at these events because you spend so much time with them digitally in voice chat. You, you can really, I know people sometimes say, it's hard to gauge someone's personality over text, but I actually disagree. I think you can get across a lot and really understand someone just from their their thoughts and opinions being bluntly put in text and how they structure things. I think mm -hmm. it's it it is very real to some extent. And yeah, they're, they're, they're great. I love them all. Um, yeah. <laughs> can you give us your best off? <laughs> uh, okay, God. Arf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's good be nice. Well, that, I mean, that's definitely been the best moment for us so far. <laughs> I mean, what's been the best moment for you then uh, in the Sappy Seals history so far? Like Oof. they had to like pinpoint it down to a single moment or event. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> it, it, it was already fun. I think the highs of the pumps and when everyone's excited, everyone's rallying and the community when they just get it and they know what they need to do to help extend mm -hmm. the pump or help extend what we're doing and the, and the opportunity that we have in that current moment. And they all just sort of like work individually to achieve that. And you don't have mm -hmm. to guide them because they just get it. Um, that, that, those are always the really, really fun moments. Obviously the downs are not as great, but mm -hmm. I think, yeah, those are, those are definitely highlights. 100%. No, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. It's a community that's driven a lot by like market momentum and yeah. vibe, not Sappy Seals, specifically just the wider Web3 mm -hmm. one, right? So it, yeah, it does seem to go a lot with that. And I think also you, the, liter the alliteration is actually very strong there. Like I had, <laughs> yeah. um, I was fortunate enough just to be in New York and I met with the CEO of Build-A-Bear. Um, and I was mm -hmm. asking her, like, why is it build a bear, not build an animal? You know, like, there's so many more animals. And she said the power of alliteration when it comes to these things is yeah. like really, really impressive. So 
yeah, you never know. You never know how 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 much impact these small subliminal things have, you know, to yeah. the overall branding. Yeah. But it's clear you've built the most authentic and coherent brand. So I think definitely one of the strongest cults, you know. <laughs> cults maybe is a strong word. Yeah, not, we are not a cult. <laughs> We're not a cult, but you know, like really strong yeah, yeah, you know, 100%, uh, community yeah. in this space. Very tight knit. To the point that, you know, you mentioned anything on so I think Zach made made this, you know, made a comment about Sappy's letter then. He got like two hundred uh had to buy I had to buy a Sappy. Yeah. I mean, I checked the tweet right before I went in. I think it had it had like 150 likes. So just like <laughs> this just is that. Awesome. 170, 170 yeah, also, yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of a reflection of your community, right? Like, I think when yeah. we bought a mutant, we didn't get that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's something active. Obviously, I don't want to get too into the weeds, mm. but high level, you know, like, what is the future of Sappy Seals? Like, how, yeah. do, how do you how do you sort of see the sort of next mm-hmm. stages for the collection in general? And like, yeah. where would you like to be in like five years time? So I think um, the brand is very, very important. And we want to create biz- like community-owned businesses and um, really stimulate people to contribute to the ecosystem and we want to push that into the mainstream you know we have we're, we're starting to do that we're we're structuring how we want to go about that we're very good at like guerrilla marketing so we want to figure out how to nail that properly the thing is if you do that wrong it can look really bad and poorly <laughs> executed sure. so it does take some time to hone in on that and you know coming into stuff like this and, and getting your face out there is obviously one part of that but yeah i think we want to go through traditional marketing channels and get some viral trends going mm-hmm. that hit mainstream culture. We also have, you know, the sapification stuff that people do where they put the eyes on stuff. It is very, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very good. So, um, yeah, and we want to have loads of toys, merch, everything. Um, but that's, that's just the brand in and of itself. You know, it, it, that's as far as you can really push a brand. Mm-hmm. We're focused mostly as a company on tech innovation. Uh, I think the brand will be a, a cute front to get people in. But then once they realize that there's more behind it, people are going to realize like how good the ecosystem is going to be. So I think right now we've got Pixelverse that we're building, which is like one of many things that we're trying to build. And yeah, we, we want, we're very specific about gaming. We like gaming a lot. Um, and we think that it's the, it's the best way to go about these decentralized economies mm-hmm. and, and systems because video games are economies mm-hmm. and it like sure. you know nfts are tech erc 20s tokens they all apply very nicely and fit in very nicely to those sort of systems but yeah we want to be doing loads and loads of different games different uh drops of innovation wherever we see a gap mm-hmm. um so just just general software like we're working on something right now which is quite fun and it's going to help creators a bit so yeah i think having loads and loads of products where sappy seals are at the core of that mm-hmm. um and so it's less like oh i'm gonna buy in for a sappy seal and and then hopefully calculate the roi of you know one game and how i can make money from that but more so like oh i buy a sappy seal now i get access to all of these experiences irl events games software you know whatever whatever is possible we, we can do anything right and right, that, that sure. that's what we we're, we're really gunning for but Mostly tech innovation, I think, and and having them at the center so that you get when you buy a sappy seal, you feel like there's just so much that you can explore and do within that ecosystem and just growing that out. I think I've got a question on the back of that, which is you've obviously created a super strong brand online mm-hmm. on Twitter, and we've obviously discussed that in quite a lot of detail. Mm-hmm. How do you reconcile, in a way, the community that you're forming around yourself and the brand of sappy seals, the whole meme culture side of things, etc., versus the gaming side of the comp- of the company yeah. or, or the community, right? Because the two groups don't necessarily overlap, right? Like the yeah. person that buys a sappy seal from Twitter because mm-hmm. you know they just love the engagement and everything mm-hmm. isn't necessarily also someone that 
is looking after the tech innovation. So how do yeah. you, how do you see that those two re- reconciling long term? Yeah, I think um, eventually we'll get to a point because there's enough people in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Who will probably be interested in this sort of stuff. We'll get to a point where we are going to have a lot of attention of people buying in for the tech innovation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I don't think you necessarily like. You don't have to get everyone interested. It's just like you can pick and mix like what you actually want to partake in. It is, it is an interesting question. I, I think there's going to be a lot of people who will just partake in the Pixel Pest ecosystem and stuff, mm-hmm. and that will naturally derive value back to the seal holders in some way as well. So you don't necessarily have to partake in those specific things to benefit from them um, as long as we're, as a team, sufficiently growing these products and services that all funnel some form of value back to the SAPI seals. So... If you want to partake, great. If you don't, that's fine. Um, and that's sort of our mindset, right? It's just we want a diverse ecosystem and you're not going to enjoy all of it. You might, but <laughs> you know, we're not going to force you to. Um, and that, that, that's the fun of it, I think. I want to just ask, if, is there like a dream Web2 brand or Web3 brand which you'd love to collaborate mm-hmm. with? Oh. Apart from fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's already done <laughs> yeah yeah come um, soon, come soon. <laughs> <laughs> i think i think it would be it would it would be fun i, th- I think nike uh because we have the, the the seal eyes they have that very that nike feel to it mm. um the black and white the contrast and and the the sharpness of it it looks really nice and people are always doing nike sort of collab not collabs but designs with mm-hmm. the seal ip um, they'll do like instead of just do it, they'll do like just off it yeah, or something yeah, like that. So it. <laughs> that would that would be amazing. Uh, obviously, a bit of a long shot, but I think one day we can get there. Oh we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. And McDonald's Happy Meal toys. Oh I yeah, really that's... don't think that's a that's a bad shout. Yeah, sa- Sappy Meals. That's yeah, like, Sappy yeah, Meals. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I love one. that. <laughs> nice. It's it's funny actually because I think one of the interesting use cases of Web three, which really excited us, was like this idea of like you can buy into the next Disney. Like, mm-hmm. what if I could own? the Mickey Mouse IP for yep. a larger Disney conglomerate. Yep. And like, you know, obviously Sappy Seals being a cute animal, do you mm. see sort of like, you know, sort of similarities there? Would you love there to be like a Sappy Seals toy mm-hmm. in the Toys R Us store or like- hundred percent. Sappy Seal roller coasters, et cetera. <laughs> like, you know, how do you sort of see the similarities Yeah, that's, there? that's what we're going for. We're quite ambitious. Yeah, I, nice. I, 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 <laughs> one of our teammates, Daiku, um, he, he jokes about this, but I don't think he's joking, right? He's saying that, uh, you know, one day we're going to send seals to the moon, not literal seals, but like the brand to the, <laughs> to the moon, right? Um, I, we're, we're very ambitious with, with what we want to accomplish. And I think, yeah, as, as you say, yeah. I think that was what makes the most successful founders in general. Like, I think you have to have so much self-confidence in yourself uh, to really not see any ceiling, you know, above you, you know, you can really shoot for the moon. Yeah, but and be I feasible think- as well. Sure. We're not going for that right now, but I think, you know, in, in 10, 20 years, I wouldn't put it past us, right? If we succeed on the tech side, it would be something fun we yeah. could do, you know? I mean, we definitely back you and I'm <laughs> excited to see <laughs> the future of yeah. yeah, no, thanks so much, Wab, for coming in awesome. today. Um, Appreciate it. Super, super inspiring. I think we need to start getting some meme bounties going <laughs> on our Discord. Um, and yeah, just so excited to see the next stages and, and steps of Sappy Seals. Awesome. Off, off. Off, off. <laughs> off, off. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for having me on.